Abba Yahweh, again, Father God, thank you, Paracletos, the Holy Spirit, for stirring up in my heart. Thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to be your conduit, to share your truth, your treasure, your gold, your gems that are in this treasury, the book, the instruction manual that you give us, Father God. And I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would not set it down and remember to pick it up, to stay in this word for your guidance, your instructions. Father God, it's all here. Your treasure, your armory, Everything that we need is here. Father God, thank you for the opportunity. You bless me so mightily. You're weak and undeserving son, but yet you have me about your purpose. And Father God, thank you so much. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Barakbitos Aman. So brothers and sisters, here I am again. And and the Lord is... Um, the Lord's brought me here and the Holy Spirit has kind of stirred up some things that are mm, not so much troubling as they are requiring some attention. Um, we have to learn some things, brothers and sisters, and Paul tells us in his letters all the time, and we are instructed, admonished, exhorted, and in the letters we find edification, but all those things have, we have to be guarded, not only in our speech and in unkind words, but sometimes we will just respond totally without thinking. And this is what I'm having to learn more and more is uh, the bullet prayers that I send out and the response and and anything that may be misconstrued or, or uh, some element of... Uh, suppressed, uh, indignant attitude, any of that has to be guarded because remember, brothers and sisters, I've shared with you, we are constantly being watched. We are under the glass, as they say, uh, as an old saying, um, and the younger people may not understand what that means, but we are being examined, constantly being examined. See, I told you, look what those Christians are doing. Did you hear that Christian? Those Christians, they, they are, boy, they're so phony. They're so fake. We're under the magnifying glass. We're constantly being scrutinized. So I would exhort you to shoot out, and I, I forget sometimes, so I have to shoot out that little bullet prayer. And I call them that because just a rapid fire prayer. You shoot it off. It's, it doesn't have to be a long, old, lengthy exhortation, just, uh, you know, or a big, long, uh, you know, they, you're just, it's quick because the things are happening in the moment. But we have to be guarded against our responding to some questions. And we sometimes, and this also, brother and sister, you might not think so, but actually the word tells us it is that you respond quickly. Somebody says, well, how's your day going? Man, I'm having a lousy day. Whoa, hold on. Er, put the brakes on, back up, put it in reverse. Let's do a different angle down the road and respond differently. Yeah, we need to do that. We need to be cautious on saying, how is a day that God has made 
and graced you with a breath in your lungs that he breathes into you and mercifully allows you to continue breathing and doesn't reach down and squeeze your heart and stop your life, but allows you to continue on. And how is that a lousy day? Yeah, think about this, brothers and sisters. There is no day. And we cannot allow, we cannot allow, we cannot allow the circumstances or happenings to govern our happiness. And brothers and sisters, remember that when we respond to questions like that, and a rapid fire response, I'm, I'm having a lousy day. Really? And we must not allow things or happenings to make us happy. So in allowing circumstances to govern us, or whether or not we're happy, the circumstances to be that. We are allowing, remember this, I've shared this with you before and it's in the scriptures, I'm gonna tell you again. We are allowing the minions that work for Satan to carry away our joy or our happiness. I have heard supposed Christians saying, man, I'm having a terrible day. My, my, my joy has been robbed from me. Oh, well, back up. Got to put that in reverse because first of all, you're breathing, you're alive, and you're walking. I mean, your circumstances should not be the thing that's governing whether you're having a good or a bad day. And you allowed the minions that work for Satan, the enemy, the devil, the liar, the accuser, the uh, author of confusion and discouragement to carry away. They cannot rob you of anything. You can hand it to them and they can carry it away, but they cannot rob you. They do not have that authority. Satan does not have that authority because Jesus Christ gave us the authority over them. And we forget that. I forget that sometimes. But we forget that we have been given that authority by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And the word of God says so. If you doubt it, look it up. I'm not going to tell you things and make up things that are not in the word of God. This is his instruction manual. And he reminds us of these things. He puts them in the word here for a reason. Because he knows that we are going to go through life, we are going to enter circumstances that are hard, but we are not to allow the enemy to carry away what we hand them. And there are many Christians that are not willing to fight. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, we are in a battle. And let me jump over here right quick and I'll show you where that's at. You know it's in the book of Ephesians when they talk about there is the armor of God. And when he talks about, therefore, that we need to put that on. Excuse me, brothers and sisters, I was not planning on going here, but I'm over here now. 
Finally, my brethren, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a spiritual warfare every single day, brothers and sisters, and there are those, and might offend somebody, but I don't care, those weak-minded that say that, oh, we just sit back, the Holy Spirit will tell us when we need to fight. Excuse me, do not be complacent, don't be so lazy, and don't be so slothful, as the word tells us, and that you're going to just go back in your comfort zone, and you're not going to get up, and you're not going to want to duke it out with us. You're just going to give up on things. That's exactly what a weak-minded, lazy, slothful Christian who's going to sit back in the easy chair, or claim the title of Christian, is going to do. And this is why Jesus Christ talks about, in the word, of the salt of the earth that loses its savor. We are the salt of the earth. We preserve the word. We preserve those things. See, salt is used for many things. It can also be mixed with honey and used as a medication on the skin. It can also enhance the sweetness of things. Yeah, believe it or not, a little tiny touch of salt can enhance the sweetness. So rather than being good salt, or like Jesus says, when salt has lost its, its savor or its strength, it's just good for nothing except to get thrown out on the dung heap. And oversalting can also be destructive. Romans used that before. They spread it all over so that none of the crops would grow and the plants would all die and the, and the soil was no good for anything. And they learned a whole lot of stuff back then. They learned about biological warfare. They learned about uh, doing that with the salt. And then they just wash everything and it cleans it up. The Romans had perfected a lot of things. But brothers and sisters, the salt. Do we, do we just sit back in that easy chair, pull the lever on, put the feet up because you don't want to get up and do those things? Yeah. There are those that don't want to do that. We are. Whether you like it or you don't like it, and it's not up to you. That's not your choice. Are you going to be arrogant? You're going to get up in God's face instead of being humble and come before him in prayer and ask for strength and guidance? You're going to get all arrogant. You're going to walk up and tell God. You're going to tell him what's up. I don't think so. That doesn't go over so well. Abba Yahweh, the maker of all things made. He already knows. Why do you think that he presents it this way in the word of God? The whole armor of God. Why do you think that he expresses that? Why do you think he tells us to be of good courage, be not afraid, nor dismayed? Why do you think that from the book of Deuteronomy all the way back to the book of Revelation, you can find that excerpted in various chapters and books of the Bible. Does he tell us that? Because we're going to sit back in our easy chair, pull the lever and throw our feet up and not do anything? Well, brothers and sisters, I'm going to share with you, there are those that claim that title of Christianity and they are exactly why the salt has lost its savor and why people sit back and look at those Christians. Brothers and sisters, let us not be that way. 
Let us be about our father's business. Let us be up and sharing the word and doing what we are called to do, our purpose. Our purpose is all the same. Whether it's preaching on the stage, whether it's serving in the church somewhere, we are all called to do something. To share the word of God. To ensure that everyone has an opportunity to hear that word. Reliance on my faith in God and the guidance of my comforter who is promised by Jesus Christ. That is what we need to be in, brothers and sisters, not in ourselves. In Psalms 42, 5, I, I, love, I love this. Uh, <laughs> I love my the Hebrew text that I, I have available that I have gotten this, and, and there are so many that, I love these, the way that it's written here. And in Psalm 42, 5, I will share here. When I think of this, I pour out my soul, how I walked with the crowd, moved with them, the festive throng to the house of Hashem with joyous shouts of praise. Why so downcast my soul? Why disquieted within me? Have hope in Hashem. I will yet praise him for his saving presence. David is speaking, and remember that Hashem is translated Lord God. And David is relating that as he's walking and and he's on his way to church, and I mean there are many Christians that are like this, is that we're we go but yet we're we're downcast. We we're just unsure of what the day or what it's is happening and for some reason we're disquieted, uncomfortable and we have an issue, but you have to remember that be joyful in the presence of the Lord God. Joyful in Him. In uh, Second Corinthians, I'm heading that way. I have my things marked. And in Second Corinthians 13, 4, through six. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. And brothers and sisters, we have to rely on the fact that he is in us. And uh, a reprobate is... Just a, a morally depraved, kind of like when the prodigal son took off, prodigal living. It talks about that. Prodigal living is basically doing whatever, however, whenever, 
to whomever you please. And no one's feelings matter. I don't like one of the... Um, it's a little disquieting, one of the definitions that they put by reprobate. <laughs> and I'm going to share it with you just because it's so disturbing to me. And I think somebody needs to get in and rewrite because this is also not factual. It's a big lie. But it's accepted by so many because there are actually people that I've, I've heard declare this before. It says, one rejected of God beyond salvation. Excuse me. There are none that are ever rejected of God. God will reject no one. And the opportunity for them, remember I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters, and some might get all twisted about that, but I don't care because it's factual. You look in the scriptures and you see how the wording and the terminology is used. God is the greatest recycler that ever existed. He recycles everything. He makes everything new. All things will be made new. What do you do when you recycle something? You take all those old plastic bottles, those old glass bottles, those old containers and all those things. You put them in this big grinder. You grind them up and you remelt them and you make them into something totally new and different. You have plastic bottles that have been made into fibers that they create uh, clothing with. Come on, brothers and sisters. God mends the broken heart. He repairs the broken pot. It talks about that. It talks about the remaking of the clay. It talks about making all things new again. What is that if it's not recycling? Okay, brothers and sisters, so I don't like that definition, and I'm making that clearly known now. There is none that are reject. God will not reject anyone. Now, Satan, on the other hand, he likes messing with people's minds, and he's all into that. Why? Because he doesn't love anyone except himself. And he's got no problem with offing anybody or anything. Why do you think there's so many people in this little gizmo that is used? Why they call him the prince of the air? Because he manipulates this thing. He draws people into driving around while they're on this thing. They get in an accident, get in a crash, and he, they're totally distracted. You've got people that walk up and down the street. They don't even talk to one another anymore and ask for directions or help. They try to rely on the GPS and this little gizmo they carry in their hand. And what they don't realize is that when you're down in the heart of the city and you're surrounded by hollow steel girders and buildings, there is a lot of interference and the GPS usually doesn't work, you think? But they're content to go. I watched people, I watched a couple one day. They were walking back and forth and up one street and down another, back to where they began the whole time. So I stopped for a minute and I asked them, I said, can I help you find something? Yeah, we're looking for, I said, okay, you go up here a block and a half, you turn left and you go down four doors and you're there. And they started going that way. They couldn't figure it out. Why? Because they were relying on that silly little gizmo, distracted. They weren't interacting with anyone. They weren't having an inter personal relationship with anybody to ask directions why they were relying on this little gizmo that wasn't even working. Brothers and sisters, we are distracted by so many things out here in the world today. We have to be conscious of those things. That's why I say when people ask a question, be conscious of your response. I'm having a lousy day. Wow, what a bad day. Really? Any true believer, any faithful believer, anyone that is faithful to God, the creator of all things, the maker of all things made. Abba Yahweh, Hashem, Lord God, Adonai, Sovereign Lord God. Any true believer should could respond this way. You know, the, the day's not going so good, but you know what? 
I'm really blessed because my Lord gave me my breath and, and I'm too blessed to stress. Boom, and off you go. You don't have to get into detail. You don't have to tell people what's going on. But if you allow the minions of Satan to carry away your joy and walk away with it, you haven't been robbed of anything. You've just allowed them to walk off with it. You allowed them to take it away. And uh, let's jump to the book of Jeremiah right quick here. And in Jeremiah 31, 24 and 25, I'm going to share with you from the old scriptures. For I will give the thirsty abundant drink and satisfy all who languish. At this I awoke and looked about, and my sleep had been pleasant to me. So, God says that he will provide. And I'm going to go back over here and see if I can find that in my King James Version and read a little bit differently. Sorry for the delay, my brothers and sisters. But let's understand something here too, okay? That word languish, and remember I've shared this with you before, that um, that people use things synonymously that are not, you know, that's that word that I stumbled over, synonymity. Okay, there are words that are not synonymous and they are used erroneously by mistake. I've heard the term and heard some say, oh yeah, I'm just languishing here in the lap of luxury. I'm so content. Excuse me. Let's read the definition of languish. To become weak or feeble to lose vigor or vitality, to undergo neglect and suffer hardship or distress, prolonged inactivity, subjected to delay or disregard, to be ignored, pine with desire or longing, to assume an expression of sentimental melancholy. Sadness, downtrodden. That's the word languish. And when it's used in the scripture, that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about languishing on some sofa or divine, divan or, or sitting out there and having, you know, grapes put in your mouth and people waiting. That's, you know, you don't languish. Well, if you're languishing, you're, you're, you're kicked around. It's like a cur dog. You're ignored. You're, you're astray. You're out there. But God does not allow that. He does not allow that. God will respond and he will respond positively. So let me find this with you here. Uh, make sure I'm in the right place. Uh, Upon this I awakened, and beheld that my sleep was sweet unto me. For I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul 
And upon this I awakened and beheld, and my sleep was sweet unto me. So this is in the book of Jeremiah 31. And brothers and sisters is talking about the rest in the Lord God. And that he will satisfy your thirst. And he will give you rest. He will give you peace. Rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what the circumstances are. Allowing the joy of the Lord to be my strength every day, continually. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. Do not let the circumstances, and do not instead allow the minions of Satan to carry that off. He wants us distracted. He wants us discouraged. He wants us dismayed. And then just surrendering. Shrugging your shoulders, putting your hands up and saying, I give up. I can't do this anymore. Walking with the Lord is not an easy thing. I share with you often, brothers and sisters, that my walk as I get closer to the Lord, it becomes difficult because the devil and his minions, they come at me hard. It's like a it's like I have no padding or no uh, protective clothing, and they come, you know, the football player. Sorry, I started getting into the illustration. You wouldn't even know what I was talking about. So here I am out in, in training day on the field, and I don't have on my pads and all this, and it's as if the uh, linebackers and the guards and the line, and they're all coming in, and, man, they're just hitting me hard, and I, have, I don't have everything that they have. But what we do have is the armor that God prepared for us. God, God made this stuff. God made the armor for us. He provided. All we have to do, brothers and sisters, is put it on. That's all that it requires. Just put it on. Don't surrender. The only surrendering that we do is unto God who according to his word renews my strength. He has promised to renew my strength. Brothers and sisters, he's promised to renew all of our strengths. Everything that we are, he has promised. And he will take care of us. He's promised to do so. I want to share some more things out of Isaiah. And if we go into Isaiah, (laughs) I love this thing here. And this talks about God, the recycler. And Psalms. 40, 28 through 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Hashem is God from of old. Remember Hashem, Lord God. And he is the ancient of days. I've shared that with you before, brothers and sisters. Hashem is God from of old. Creator of the earth, from end to end, he never grows faint or weary. His wisdom cannot be fathomed. He gives strength to the weary, 
fresh vigor to the spent. Youths may grow faint and weary, and young men may stumble and fall. But they who trust in Hashem shall renew their strength. As eagles grow new plumes, they shall run and not grow weary. They shall march and not grow faint. I love that translation that comes from the old Hebrew because that's exactly what soldiers do is they march. And you have to remember, (laughs) remember the old hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers, marching is to war. Eh, there's a whole lot of people that get all disquieted about that and they get all jacked up about stuff like that because, oh, we don't need to talk like that in this in the world today. There's so much this and so much that. No, we don't. Excuse me, it's in the word of God. It's the truth. So why are you going to step down and step aside and compromise and apologize for what the truth says? Okay, that is a weak Christian. That is a, is a cultural Christian. And that is a secular Christian. That is not a true Christian. Christian. And this is why the salt has lost its savor, because you have many that are stepping down in cowardice. They're stepping aside in compromise. They're not being bold and faithful to the Lord God who has promised to be faithful to us and has proven over and over and over again to be truthful and faithful to us. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. Brothers and sisters, our plumes are renewed. Our Lord God is indeed the great recycler. Whether you like that term or not, doesn't matter. God's already shared with me that he likes it. So he is that thing, and it makes it a relevant issue to what's going on in the world today. And whether you like it or not, brothers and sisters, we are Christian soldiers, and we are marching as to war because we war against the enemies that come from the darkness, those things that come out of darkness and the lack of light. What we need to remember, brothers and sisters, is keep on the full armor of God. God made it for us. He provides us with instruction in this manual that we have, the Bible, our instruction manual for life, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, and that we're shod with the preparation of the word of God, the gospel, that we're prepared with that, and we carry that sword of truth, which is what? The word of God and the helmet of salvation. And I have the the failing that I do is, is I get in such a hurry sometimes and things are going on that I forget. And you know what, brothers and sisters, we <laughs> there's times, especially when you have individuals like myself, we have these... Uh, PTSD issues and and you gotta you gotta sleep in your armor, <laughs> uh, you know, or at least put on the helmet of salvation when you lay your head down on the pillow, because the enemy comes in and the greatest thing that he likes to do is when it's quiet and dark and you're feeling alone and uh, set off in there and it's very dark. He likes to creep in. His minions like to sneak up on you. They crawl up on you and then they get in your head. And they get you distracted. So then what you do is you get right in the word. And I love this. um, I love this other that I found here. And as I, I didn't find it, actually, the spirit brought me to this. I love this thing here.
and and God is speaking through his prophet Isaiah. I will lead the blind by a road they did not know, and I will make them walk by paths they never knew. I will turn darkness before them to light, rough places into level ground. These are the promises. I will keep them without fail. What's he talking about there, brothers and sisters? He is talking about those that did not have spiritual eyes. That you look to the truth, you look to the word, you seek his truth in all things. You give your faith over to God. That is who you make a surrender to, not to Satan and not to the minions. And you don't give up the joy of the Lord. You don't give up those things. You surrender to God. And though you were blind, he will guide you. The Holy Spirit has come to guide us and he will lead us on the paths. Remember that a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Have you ever noticed when you've been out in a wild place and you take a take a flashlight, got a really nice bright flashlight, and you point it down on the ground, what happens then? Beam of light spreads really wide and you can see quite a, quite a distance on both sides. You know, and and you you're seeing that you're not going to kick in or walk into some snake or some, you know, possibly a, a rattler or something that you shouldn't be walking into or tripping over something. But then you take out that flashlight and you lift it up and you point it down the path. What happens? That beam narrows down, and all those things that could be a distraction, that light is pointing straight and narrow. God does the same thing. It's a light unto your path, a lamp unto your feet. Shows you the width of the path and not to step off into something that might trip you up and fall. But then when you look down, he's got that beam of light is narrowed to keep you on that narrow path so that you're not going to wander and meander off on both sides. Follow the light that's down the path. And that ray of light is much narrower than what it was when you looked down at your feet. There's a reason for that, brothers and sisters. And I'm going to back into Isaiah. I'm going back into Isaiah again. I love this. I love this. Isaiah 12, 2 and 3. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Be joyful in the Lord at all times. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all. All men, the Lord is at hand. Let them know of your joy. Share that joy. And I also want to share here First Peter, first chapter, eight and nine. Whom having not seen ye love, 
in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Talking about the love of Jesus Christ and that he is gone now, Jesus has been crucified, and you don't see the Lord God, but faith in God unto the salvation of our soul, that is the saving faith. By grace through faith are we saved. That is our salvation. And the Lord God promises all the time. And brothers and sisters, it's so important that we remember these things. And it's also very important that we remember that we have to be cautious of how we answer. And that we have got to keep our eyes up and focused. And we have to remember that the Lord God talks about being with us all the time. He talks about being with us into our old age. And he talks about our hair becoming as the whore. Um, you got to remember there, brothers and sisters, let's not get all excited about that word. Don't get all twisted up and get your knickers in a twist about that one. I'm talking about H-O-A-R. And some of you youngsters out there might know, know what that is. But you have this thing called hoarfrost. In wintertime and when it's really cold and they talk about um, old age being the winter years, that you've come into the winter of your, your years and that your hair becomes very white. And that's what God's talking about, H-O-A-R, not the other spelling. They're different. They're not synonymous. Um, if you've never seen hoarfrost, it's actually quite lovely. When you're out, I've seen it sometimes when I was out driving commercially coast to coast, border to border, all over the country, and I've been in through some very winter weather. Um, but it's very pretty, actually. You get out there in the middle of the night. Man, I, I saw this up in the Roanoke Valley one night. It was absolutely beautiful. God shared this with me, and he shares these things with me now, and now more so than ever did. These are the things that God talked about where nature cries out and declares his majesty. Now I realize God shared so much. that It was just beautiful. And I had to get out for a, a moment and go up into the truck stop. But the hoarfrost is very crunchy because it gets cold and then the surface and what comes down freezes and it gets crunchy on the top. But it's fresh and it's cleaner because all the other snow and everything is, is filtered everything out of the air and it might be a little dirty but the hoarfrost is very very white and sparkly when we get old and it's it's that's when god helps and carries and he's still with us he promises to be there that he carries us and here's the other thing 
that grandchildren and descendants are declared to be um, jewels in the crowns on our hoary head. He talks about that again. There, there again, it's not that other word. It's, it's a different definition. And talking about the crown that we wear on our head of white hair, our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and descendants, they are the gems in that crown. And I just pray that my children and my grandchildren are stepping in the direction they should walk. Brothers and sisters, I love you. This word of the Lord God, his truth, his truth. Try my spirit again, I invite you, try my spirit. You will see that I speak truth and this is not from me. This is from the Lord God Almighty. I am his conduit. I am about my father's business and not about mine. I take no sponsorship. I take no payment for what I do. This is because God, my father, and I signed a contract. I'll be in a blank contract, and that's because he can change it and direct it any way he wants to. He is my Lord God Almighty, and I have faith that the detour is the road. Have a blessed day, brothers and sisters. Remember, and don't ever forget, I pray for you on my going out and my coming in.